Tonight on Race Time Radio, back in the studio. I might look a little ragged tonight. Uh, what a what a four day stretch we had at PRI. Just an amazing time. Uh, caught up with some amazing people in our racing family, and uh, it's just so much to talk about. And we're going to do all that tonight. I'm Joe Chisholm, and over there is Joe Chisholm Jr. What's going on there, June Bug? Hey, hey, I'm here. Not a boy. Rocking and rolling. Look at you go. You had more fun than I did. I did. You got to uh, go down to Indy. Yeah. Now, you are not the type to partake in the festivities that are down there. Huh? A lot of people are limping away oh. from PRI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from the open bars and the the hospitality section. What they all need is a recap. They need a recap, uh, rehydrate, re-something. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, but by the sounds of it, you had a lot of fun down there. I did. The show was great uh, on Friday. Uh, it sounds like uh, you guys got to, uh, uh, you know, do a bunch of bench racing and, and talking to lots of uh, lots of cool cats from uh, all across the industry. And, and uh, man, it I, I wish I was there. I had a couple of favorites, i got to admit. But the favorite list is about, oh, about that long. Uh, it's not just one. Uh, I had one disappointment. I sat down with the iconic king, Steve Kinzer. Uh, got a great interview with Steve Kinzer. And uh, Dave is writing his book. And it's an autobiography coming out on Steve Kinzer. Sat down with the two of them in our Hoosier pod and got a dynamite interview. I had it on the recorder, went to transfer it over to the laptop, and it was in the process of saving. I wanted to check and make sure the audio was all correct, and it was saving, and right in the middle of that save, up pops an HP update on my HP laptop, and uh, what's it do after it does an update? It does an automatic shutdown and a restart. Yep. Soon as it did that, poof, goodbye, Steve Kenzer. It was all gone. I lost it. <laughs> and uh, I, I was never so disappointed. Uh, I had to quickly get over it because I had a load more to do and get pre- prepared for our live race time radio from PRI that we did on Friday. Uh, we went live from 3 till 4 p.m. Eastern time. If you happen to have missed it. No problem. You can go back to our YouTube channel and just have a look down. Give it a click and have a listen to that, baby. It is audio only. There was no video. Of course, all our video stuff is up here in Canada. It is all audio, but it was all live on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. And uh, it, it, was, uh, it was a dynamite show. It probably sounded like I needed another shot of Ritalin. Because I was bouncing all over the place. There was so much happening. And I tried to fit so much into one hour. And you can only put so much into a one-hour show. But uh, we pulled it off. And uh, we've got to thank the channel, of course, for giving us the time on Friday. All live from perform- or from PRI. And, uh, well, of course, we've got to thank uh, Who's Your Tire. 
uh, without Hoosier Tiger, we wouldn't have been there. So uh, we've got to thank Nick and uh, yeah, everybody. Everybody at Hoosier is so great. Seen a lot of familiar faces at Hoosier and caught up with a bunch of people that I haven't met yet until the weekend. And now we've got a whole bunch of new friends at Hoosier Tire. And I know we're going to hear lots from them. They have specialists, of course, for each division, right? So when you talk road racing, well, we've got a specialist for that. When you talk dirt racing, well, Adam is, uh, no, Adam's not the specialist there. Uh, it's Neil, I believe, over on the dirt side of things. Uh, short track specialist, they got it. And they've got it for all these different uh, classes and divisions and uh, tours and sanctioning bodies and it's just amazing and they all specialize in their field they're all there to support the race teams and uh the the various sanctioning bodies just amazing job who's your tower who's your tower definitely number one in this sport yeah definitely and and uh, uh you know obviously the news at the snowball derby um which of course has been a long time who's your racetrack yeah, yeah. um and event um you know the the news that they came out with uh, just leading into the Derby, um, they amalgamated a bunch of those uh, short track tires into uh, into one, um, mm-hmm. into a short track asphalt tire, which is a, a an amazing tire by the sounds of it. It is. The testing has been, you know, through the roof. Um, it's a it's a tire that is going to save the team's money, and it's also going to make it a lot easier to travel from track to track. You know, uh, uh, you don't necessarily have to buy a set of practice tires when you show up because it's going to be the same tire that they're running. So, right. um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be definitely a, a game changer uh, when it comes time for uh, they they still have various compounds and different sure. compounds, but yep. uh, uh, that is uh, the amalgamation is going to be on their top three. Uh, tires so um, it is uh, it's a really cool deal they're doing the same thing as well for the dirt right for the dirt late models Um, I I had no idea they had like 370 some odd different dirt tires that they produced exactly I got a real cool interview that we'll play not tonight but we will get to it yep you will be amazed race fans Uh, I know you're saying well what's that got to do with us the competition on the racetrack is what you're paying to see and it's got a ton to do. But what do you say? I tell you, who got coming on the show tonight? Got a stellar lineup. Speaking of those Hoosier tires in the Snowball Derby, uh, we had some great Canadians in that race, performed dynamite, and our first guest was one of those guys, top-performing Canadian, he along with uh, Cole Butcher. But we have Kyle Steckley with us tonight. We'll also hear from Chris Mitchell. He's got a lot of stuff going on into 2024. And, of course, J.P. Bergeron. He is one of those NASCAR Canada guys. And we've got J.P. coming on the show, plus a whole lot more. Let's get to guest number one, Kyle Steckley, man. Hey, I'll tell you what, we're some proud of you, buddy. Good job. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me on the show. And, uh, yeah, we had a really good trip down there in Florida at Five Flags Speedway. And, you know, just happy on how, how we've built our U.S. program over the last year. Oh, Kyle, you're doing an amazing job. How did it feel to be amongst the guys that, well, for somewhat, you, you see from a distance kind of the benchmarks down south. Now you're in there playing with them, running against them, and, man, you really, uh, th- there was no taking a, a, you know, a knife to a gunfight. You had a gun. Yeah, no, it was really good. It was 
really cool to be racing with the guys that I've watched race down there since I was just a little kid and you know to be out there racing with all them guys is really cool and you know at the end of the day they're just racers like we are up here so they're no different and uh the 22 racing crew did a great job and and uh adjusting for the tracks down there they're quite a bit different than what we run on up here but we learned a lot in Nashville probably a month ago now and then and then went back for the snowball derby and we're able to run run in the top five of the whole race for the snowflake 100 dynamite stuff i've watched uh, i think back now snowballed every weekend i'm watching practice times and so forth i see you running practice times in the top 10 i thought wow kyle's right there out of the box and uh you bettered it actually final practice i believe for the cars that were out there you led the parade i was second in final practice uh it was a bit of a that practice was very lucky that we got in because we we got out on Friday and uh, it was raining all morning, didn't look good. And then they they had the jet dryers there and the air tightens and they got the track dry, which was pretty cool to see. But then then it was kind of last minute thing that they were going to send the pro late miles out for a half hour practice. So nobody really stickered up or did anything like that. And we ended up second, which I was really happy with our race run speed. And I knew qualifying was going to probably be a bit tricky but i felt we had a really good car for the long run and and it ended up being good in both qualifying and the race kyle three times to the u.s uh and three top fives this year that's 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 a pretty big statement uh at three vastly different racetracks right you got uh, new smyrna speedway in there with a second place uh run in the jet car uh you got uh, nashville fairgrounds uh with a with a top five there a strong top five mm-hmm. i might add and uh, another strong top five uh, uh, at the at the Derby. Obviously, you got to give yourself a good grade. You got to give yourself a pat on the back. You got to be excited about it. Everybody's got to be excited about it. Uh, but we got to go to that last lap, the last three laps, really, of that Snowball Derby. And I think every Canadian yelled, "No, Kyle!" <laughs> uh, did did you uh, did you did you kick yourself a little bit racing Nasty so hard and and kind of giving up that last spot that 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 fifth pl- or that fourth place spot uh, dropping you back to fifth uh, or or uh, did, were you were you dead in the water anyways and you were going to lose that spot regardless no it definitely was frustrating you know i think we we had a third place car there until those cautions came in with the last 15 laps and we struggled on the short runs and, and we just we were a little too tight probably pushed a bit too hard during the middle portion of that race once i did get into third and it was definitely frustrating, but then again, it's we're we're learning each race. The cars, the cars changing. We're getting it closer, and uh, just a little frustrating for sure. But we gotta be happy with who you're running with when you're racing, like guys Stephen Nassie and and Dawson Sutton, who probably did 80 late mall races in the USA this summer. So, and, you know, at the end of the day, I was happy with with our finish. I would have liked third a lot better, obviously, but. To be top five at the end of the day is still really good. And for the listeners out there, by no means am I throwing a dart at Kyle Steckley by bringing that up. No, no. I, I like you did a hell of a job. You did a wicked job. Um, I, I, you know, we can't just constantly blow smoke here. You know, and that's what it seems like every time we get you on the program. And it's, it's just we're just saying smoke. positive stuff. It's not smoke. No, I know, I know. But He's it, putting it, the numbers we, up. <laughs> Kyle, uh, uh, obviously, uh, you know the, the the excitement factor and 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 getting out there and, and racing and being competitive, 
Uh, talk about the fun level that you're having when you go to these races. Obviously, you, you, when you get there, it's all business. You want to run up front. It takes that dedication. It takes that, that hardcore, um, you know, nose to the grindstone effort for not only you, but your entire team. But talk about how much fun you're having when you get down there and, and, and you are competitive like that and you're surrounded by all the people. Uh, man, it, it seemed like every time that the camera was near your pit, there was like 100 Canadians surrounding you, <laughs> and there was probably another 50 Americans standing there as well. Uh, but talk about the fun that you're having uh, through this experience and through the beginning portion of this experience. Yeah, it's a blast. I mean, I'm racing at tracks that I, I always dreamed of racing at one day, you know, like Five to Leg Speedway, Nashville Fairgrounds, New Smyrna Speedway. They're, those are three iconic tracks, so... It's, just, it's a blast running on all of them. It's a blast getting to experience it with my own team, our team from Canada, going down there and running with the best of the best. So I think each race we got it better and better, and I think that's a lot of fun too, working on our car and you know making it better each race. And, and we're learning a ton and having a ton of fun, and I'm just thankful for the opportunity given to me by, by my whole team and all my partners. We're with Kyle Stuckley tonight, driver the number 22 for APC and Pennzoil, of course, he is our APC champion up here on this side of the border. Did a well of a job in 2023. Got a lot of big, big wins up here, including the gold rush that happened at Flamborough Speedway. Now, we'd be here for about a half hour if we listed everything that Kyle did this year. Uh, but those who follow Race Time Radio know this guy. Kyle, got to ask you this question. And I'm not doing it because I was in the Hoosier display all weekend at BRI. But you would be a perfect guy to ask this question, too. You ran on the other guy's tires all season long. You go down to the Snowball Derby, and you bolt on the new Hoosier tire. Take us through what it was like putting those skins on, and how did they perform? Give us your take on the new tire. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. There's a lot of differences between the American Racer and the Hoosier tire. Luckily, I have some experience in the Pinty series, which I feel the, the NASCAR Now Canada series tire is, is pretty similar to the Hoosier tire down there. Um, it's definitely a really consistent tire, and, and it seems to you know show trends, which is a huge help to the race team. And and the fall-off is, is definitely a lot. Those tracks are really abrasive on tires, and the fall-off is definitely there, but there's no issues with the tire. It seems like a, a really positive move, and, and Hoosier's been around a long time, so they should should know what they're doing. But at the end of the day, it's just the crew's job to, to work with what we got and make it the fastest we can. So, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is, but the Hoosier tire I had no issues with. Did you do a lot of tire management in the race, Kyle? Did you need to do more to manage those tires or give yourself a grade on that how was it yeah you definitely have to manage the tires especially at a place like five flags i think nashville and new smyrna are both a bit more forgiving but five flags is really hard on tires and i really just rode around the first 50 laps and then then i was running fourth and and we got a quick caution i got into third and i, I probably pushed a bit too hard once i got in third seeing if i could run with the top two but it's definitely a lot of saving, but at the same time, you can't save too much that you're giving up spots because those spots are really valuable. So it's a balance for sure, and you got to have your car car balanced properly so you can save and, and still have good speed. But 
but I'd say you you have to save down there a lot more than you would up here. So we only got what a week and a half less, uh, two weeks left, and we got Christmas upon us. So I know you're not going to do any more racing right now, but what is the plan? 2024 just around the corner. Are you going to kick it off down there in the uh, Orange State? Yeah, I think you'll likely see me down down south again for a couple races before before the Canadian season starts. Um, nothing's planned 100% right now, but we're working on some stuff to go down there and, you know, maybe run a couple races before our season starts and, and you know, just keep racing with the 22 racing team and, and keep having fun at the racetrack and learning as much as I can. Too funny, Kyle, and, and you'll appreciate this. I interviewed a lot of people over the three days that I was at PRI. Very influential people, I might add. One of them being Bob Sargent that owns the ASA Tour. After we were done and we shut the microphone off, uh, we were talking about different guys, and uh, he said to me, do you know young Kyle Steckley? I said, oh, Bob, I know young Kyle Steckley. He said, he is a very promising talent. I said, yes, sir, he is. Uh, he, Cole Butcher, and uh, th- th- there's a whole cast of them up here that you will see in the future, I do believe. So kind of cool when you got a guy like that talking about you, my friend. Yeah, it's definitely really cool. He has a lot of a lot of high praise down there, and he plays a big role in the ASA Stars National Tour. So for him to say something like that is definitely really cool. It means a lot to me. And, you know, it's that's what happens when you go down there and run good. It's it's pretty cool how much how many eyes are on those races and you know the people that are watching you so it's definitely definitely really cool to do that and be able to run run well down there it definitely opens some eyes i think which i'm i'm proud of to do that for canada and show that we have a lot of talent up here and and the racing is no joke so to go down there and run good was was really cool and to meet a lot of people down there that that play a big role in in the racing down south is definitely big Kyle, I don't think it's any, you know, this this statement wouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, but but you and and Trayton Lapsovich are the two most promising, you know, figureheads in asphalt racing in in Ontario. And you you're both in the top five in Canada. I would put that uh, very blatantly to anybody. Um, you guys you guys both you know, have spent a lot of time together. Obviously the, uh, Trayton has driven the 20 car for, for a couple of seasons with 22 racing. Uh, so you guys have, have definitely spent some time together. Um, you know, in the past, Canada has always struggled to get a, a driver to the cup series, right. Or, or a driver to the top tier. Um, it seems like there's, there's guys that, that get down there and they do a handful of races and then they end up back here North of the border. Um, looking at what you and Trayton have going on right now, it's got to be pretty cool and, and, and pretty exciting because I don't think I've ever seen the racing community get behind two guys like they have with you two, mm-hmm. right? When I look at your car, uh, APC, massive supporter of motorsports, right, in, in Canada. Uh, but when I look at your, your contingency sponsors, right, Stewart's uh, Equipment, Caldecott Millwrights, those guys are both hardcore racers. Sierra uh, Construction uh, with, uh, with MBS Motorsports, right? And I'm not listing all your sponsors to give them plugs, but they, they're all involved in racing, right? McCall Racing, uh, they're all involved in, in motorsports. And, and I say the same thing for Trayton. 
um, you know, with the GSR connection and and the the prominent people within motorsports uh, backing him. And um, it's got to be it's got to be pretty exciting to be in your shoes uh, for that reason, because I, I think that you you guys are both getting the push that the years past guys wish they would have got, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like the J.R. Fitzpatrick's, like the uh, Andrew Rangers back then, like the Peter Gibbons going back further. Uh, those guys, those guys had sponsors, but they didn't have the racing community behind them. You guys both have the racing community of Canada behind you, and it's got to be pretty exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really cool to see both for me and Trayton and, you know, just how much support we get to go down there and do these races, whether it's just a, a racer up here wishing us luck. The amount of comments, messages, and likes I get from everybody up here is really cool. But the support I've gotten from guys like Corey McAllister at Caldecott Millwright Services and, and people up here in the racing community that have supported my journey down there and helped out in some way or another to, to get us across the border and get us racing against the best of the best is really cool. And, you know, it's it's pretty pretty awesome to see the support and, like, how much everybody in the racing community up here wants to see me or Trayton go down there and succeed and run well and, and show everybody the talent we have up here. Final question for you tonight. We'll cut you loose and we'll let you go celebrate everything that you've been doing. Is the 22 car now blown apart? Are you in process of taking it all apart and rebuilding it, getting ready for Florida or for the next race? Does that process start now, or are you guys taking a little bit of a break? No, no break, never a break. <laughs> we're going to go to work on it, and before we're going to get it all cleaned up, get the rubber out of it after five flags, and we're going to get her on the scales and see if we can learn some stuff from how, how it raced last, and then... I'm sure we're going to start taking it apart and go through it real well before the 2024 season begins for us, which isn't going to be as much time as we normally have, I don't think. So I'm looking forward to 2024, and we're going to keep working on our stuff to try and make it better. Did you happen to notice? I know I told you that was the final question. Okay, this one will be. Did you notice the Hoosier Heroes? Did you happen to notice that program and any of the people that uh, were awarded Hoosier Heroes? Yeah, I did see some stuff on that, and I thought it was really cool. You know, Brandon Queen does a lot of a lot of cool things, and he's he's a great name for racing. So to see him him get an award there was really cool. And you know, I think it's a cool program that Hoosier puts on for the racing community. I was in the airport yesterday, and who was behind me? The Bean. There he is, right there. We uh, had a good chuckle. But uh, Kyle, we'll let you go. We uh, thank you so much. Uh, for all your time that you uh, give us here on Race Time Radio. Uh, To you and absolutely everybody at the 22 Shop, Merry Christmas. And I know we look forward to getting you back on here in the new year. We'll kick the season off and get everybody revved up and raring to go. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a Merry Christmas. You want to believe it, the 22, Kyle Steckley. Amazing season. Can't wait to see what he does in 2024, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's really interesting stuff. Uh, uh, you know, we, we talked about uh, you know all those all those racing guys and uh, you know that are supporting those guys and you know a, a guy that that you know hung out a lot down at Nashville and and as well down at the Derby. Uh, you know, John Arts and and the Rhett guys. Um, you know, no telling where that can lead, right? For those those guys that are down there. 
Um, you know, of, of course, Rhett Jones racing with ARCA and, and long history in the truck series and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, obviously the John Arts Group being a part of the uh, uh, Delaware Speedway and all that. Uh, uh, man, it, there's there's so much going for Kyle Steckley right now. It's got to be so cool to be in his shoes. And uh, he's working at it, too, right? It's not oh, yeah. as cool to be in his shoes. He's Man, oh, yeah. the kid is a, is a brilliant uh, is a brilliant talent. And uh uh, lots of uh, lots of fun things to come. I, I think that there's, uh, um, you know, I think he's being pretty coy on what's coming down the pipe for him. I think there's a lot of big plans. I can hear jingle bells. How about you? Can you hear jingle, jingle bells? bells. I, I can hear jingle bells. Hey, it's Dave from Quick Quick Firestarters here. And on behalf of everybody at Quick Quick, we'd like to wish you all at Race Time Radio, viewers and fans, a fantastic holiday season and a very safe and warm 2024. We'll see you at the track. Hey, quick, quick fire starters. Nice, David. Thank you so much. Uh, cool. Merry Christmas to all you and your family. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, man. Get your quick, quick fire starters. Get that fire going. Rest some chestnuts. Roast some chestnuts and have yourself a good old time on quick, quick. Uh, we're going to hit a quick break here on race time, and we will be back uh, next up. Chris, Chris Mitchell. Haven't spoke to him in a little bit here on race time. We're about to next. All live tonight on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. Ooh, don't you think it's a pretty good plan? All I want for Christmas is a real good time. Hi, race fans. This is Brad Keselowski. You're listening to Race Time Radio. All I want for Christmas is a real from coast to coast, 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 you're listening to Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is brought to you by RPM Race Parts. Order today. Race tomorrow. Also by VP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And by Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track, making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your Quick Quick Fire Starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick Quick Fire Starters, no harmful chemicals, and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick Quick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. Explore the musical world of an American rock and roll troubadour on his very own channel. Tom Petty Radio. All of Tom's music, influences, collaborations. This is Tom Petty here on The Very Treasure Show. Heartbreakers hosted shows. Check out my show, The Breakdown with Mike Campbell. And more. Breakdown's alright. It's Tom Petty Radio. Channel 31. It's alright. And in the SXM app, included with all trials and popular plans. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels. 
the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. From the high banks of Daytona, we cover it all. Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. And now, back to the Joes. Hey, shake it back, Cal. Woo, shake it back. And here on Race Time Radio. And welcome back, one and all, to Race Time Radio, live tonight on Channel 167, Canada Talks. And, of course, hello to absolutely everyone tuned in across Canada on Rev TV Canada every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. We uh, sure glad you could join us. Make sure you tell your friends to pick up Rev TV and uh, crank their TV on every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you can count on Race Time Radio at least this week and next week. And then after that, we're going to take a little bit of a break for Christmas and New Year's. And then our brand new season is going to kick off on Sirius XM on January the 7th. And, of course, it'll be two days later over on Rev TV Canada and uh, as well as the performance, motorsportnetwork.com. What's going on, Junior? Uh, one thing that I want to bring up before we jump into our next guest, uh, Josh Stoddy um, has got a swap meet Oh, yeah, going that's on. right, too. Uh, so when, uh, when is uh, Next it? Saturday. Next Saturday. Uh, Load-in starts at 7, I believe. Uh, it's right in APC, the, the APC store um, in Chesley, mm-hmm. uh, the Bruce Service Center store. Yep. Um, it's in the, uh, the back shop, um, great big shop in the back. Uh, for all their heavy equipment stuff, um, so uh, it's twenty five bucks a table. It's for used parts, right? Um, and uh, it's a d- opportunity for all you guys to move some of your your old goodies, mm-hmm. right? That maybe aren't good for you anymore, but right. Uh, another man's trash is another. How, how does that oh, go? Yeah. Somebody else may get through Tech Lane with it. <laughs> yeah, somebody. <laughs> that's right. No, uh, but it's it's no. going to be cool. Sure. I think it's going to be it's going to be equal parts swap meet to yeah. equal parts. Uh, hanging out and and catching sure. up with the racing community. Bench racing. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, so that should be cool. Josh Stoddy, uh, it's at uh, uh, APC in Chesley. Uh, I believe it starts at 9.30 a.m. Um, uh, but uh, check out Stoddy Motorsports on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. He's got it posted everywhere. So. Okay, and one other thing, uh, that uh, one other reminder. Uh, this actually happened when we were down at PRI. I got a note, and it broke my heart, actually. And our thoughts and prayers from all of us at Race Time Radio, definitely here at the Chisholm family. Uh, we got to put it out to uh, the Shepherd family. Yes. Pete Shepherd Sr. Uh, has passed away. And Pete was uh, just a hell of a guy. Uh, I had a lot of laughs with Pete. Uh, he is responsible for Pete II and Pete the Third. Pete Shepard, Petey Shepard, it's uh, his grandfather, and uh, just it rips my heart out that Pete's gone, and uh, and for the Shepard family, they've had a lot of loss this year with Bill Zardo passing away. That's both grandfathers for Petey, and uh, I know how it feels. I know exactly how it feels, and it doesn't feel good, and uh, what we all got to remember is one day we are all back together again, and we're never going to have to worry about stuff anymore is my belief, and uh, look forward to the day to uh, bouncing around on the clouds watching some racing with Pete Sr. once again. He's, uh, he's a lot of fun, I can guarantee that, and he will be missed. Let's get back to the Zoom line, shall we, and bring in a guy that we used to see in the 22 Le model all the time up here in uh, Ontario, 
We don't see him in that 22 car anymore. He is a busy cat. He drove one of the Crown Vicks. I don't know which race track, but we're going to find out next. we got Chris Mitchell with us. What's going on, Chris? It's been a while. How you doing, Joe? Good to see you. Nice seeing you, too. What's happening these days? A, a Crown Vic? You sound, sounds like you yeah. got out and had some fun. You want to talk about fun. <laughs> <laughs> Those Crown Vicks are terrible. They're so bad. They're they're terrible, but they're so much fun because everybody's terrible. But they're, uh, they're a hoot. What track did you get behind the wheel and go? Had five flags. Oh, You're it was in, five uh, flags. Yeah. Oh my God! Uh, I, yeah. I know. I was. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago now, maybe three weeks ago. I'm scrolling through my uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Twitter. X. I'm tweeting, <laughs> going through my X, and I seen uh, uh, Larry Mack tweeting out that uh, there was going to be a Crown Vic race that night, and I believe he was getting behind the wheel of one. And, oh, and wow. everybody was. So it sounds like you had a good time there doing that. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. And they had 54 cars there for that race, if you can believe it. It was uh, at a B main and everything. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Did you happen to grab a rule book, stick it in your pocket, we can distribute it up here in Ontario as maybe a good idea? Well, they've already started it pretty hard on the rules. I mean, they... I, I honestly, I built my car to the rule book and I wish I'd gone to one of the races beforehand and kind of seen what they'd been doing to them because, uh, you know, you were just asking Kyle about taking a knife to a gunfight and I, that's kind of what I did. But uh, anyway, we got in the show on time and I got up to 12th at one point before the right front come apart on it and uh, yeah, it was, we were hanging in there. How fun. much did it cost, if you don't mind me asking, what did it cost yeah, no you problem. to put that thing together? In Birmingham area, the Crown Vicks are a, a, a big deal for guys. They they buy them and drive them on the street because they're so well maintained by the police departments and stuff. Right. Um, so you, you got to pay up a little bit for the car, but you can have less than five grand in one and, and be as competitive as anybody else and put good tires on it. And, uh, you know, now that's doing a lot of the work yourself and everything. If you don't right. have the knowledge and the know-how, then, then you're going to have to spend some money. But otherwise, uh, you know, you can you can... Sky's the limit, of course. But, sure, sure. Uh, you know, you can get out there for, for less than five grand for sure if you can find a car, decent one for the price. And that's where I think the bridge is, Chris. You know, when we look at race fans, race teams, and our sport of short yeah. track racing, I believe that's the bridge. It always has been. Only difference is back in the day, you had a lot more guys like, oh, Avery Schof, the wild man on uh, Rust Valley Restorations. That is handy with his hands. The guys like you, Chris, you know how to put a roll cage in and, you know, get that car to the situation, pull the roll book out yeah. and follow along and build a car. Not everybody can do that. There was a big swing, I'm going to say 10 years ago, where it became mm -hmm. more of a, I'm going to get someone else to do it and I'll arrive and drive. For sure. And, and that, it, now it's down to a money game. So, Maybe, yeah. just maybe it's starting to swing the pendulum back the other way. And I guess, you know, I, I think back into the early days of me at the Speedway, and I think of Ralph that used to have a roll cage in a box. So you pick the car you want to race, yeah. and you call Ralphie up at, at CSC, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you say, okay, Ralph, I got <laughs> yeah. a Mustang. And you could yep. buy a roll cage from them, and it came in a box already bent. Now, you had to weld it together, but all the yep. tubing was bent. It's going to fit the car. So I don't, know I, if that's, I don't know if that service is still out there or not, but uh, yep. that, that's it the is. kind of stuff we need. Uh, but at, at any rate, uh, what have <laughs> you been up to? I know you have been uh, one busy guy on both sides of the border. What's happening it's, with you? 
It's been very, very busy. So I, I still do the hail damage stuff with the paintless dent removal, which is my, my primary business. I, I still do that. I try not to travel as much as I once was doing it. I stay fairly busy around the state of Alabama now where I live. Um, so I, I try not to travel too, too far doing that. And so when I'm not there, then I'm, I work for two brothers here in Alabaster, Alabama. Their name are Roger and Bobby Roos. They've got a shop full of race cars. We've got 11 race cars in our shop right oh. now, and uh, most of them are Grand American cars. So I was working with Augie. It was hard for him to be able to to count on me to be there all the time when I was doing the dent stuff. You know, like if he's trying to schedule work for customers and everything, it's difficult to do when they don't really know my schedule, right? So, right, right. Uh, Augie and I still work together. We're really good friends. We see each other all the time. We, we've got some some other business ventures together that we deal with. But uh, as far as like daily routine at the shop goes, we talk on the phone a lot. Uh, you know, I can stop by there anytime and work on something. But most of the time, I'm at the Roos Brothers shop doing, like, I'm hands-on there. Uh, we've got two road course cars there. We've got some sportsman cars we run at Montgomery. My Crown Vic's there. Uh, we've got three Prolate models in the shop. Uh, we don't have a Super anymore. We we uh, stick just with the Prolate stuff. And, right. Uh, so I've been doing that. And then uh, I bought a car from John Heil from BMF is a good friend of mine. Uh, he builds modifieds. There's a, a guy that races in New Smyrna. His name's Ricky Moxley. Do you remember him? Yep. 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 Remember Ricky. Ricky? Great guy. Ricky's one of the one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He had two BMF modifieds, so he kept one in Florida and one that he kept with John at BMF to run in Houston. I ended up buying that car from him with intentions of running it myself, and uh, my wife thought better of that idea. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up selling that to a good friend of mine, Jeremy Williams. So uh, part of the deal on that was that I'd help him with that car. So uh, he runs out on the Modifieds Mayhem Tour. Got our first win this year at Montgomery. He followed that up with a fourth just uh, at the Snowball Derby here this, this past weekend. So he's running really well with it, and we're having a lot of fun with that too. So between Augie and Jeremy and the Roosters and my own stuff, it's it's pretty crazy right now. Yeah, you've been keeping busy by the sounds of it. You know, if those sure. races would have been just a tad shorter – Augie Grill would have been another force to be reckoned with, with, with the results yeah. that that guy has had at Five Flags Speedway and all over yeah. the U.S. Augie Grill's the real deal. He just, it, sure. the car just went away just a little bit near the end. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, hey, it, that, that's racing, right? It happens, even to the best. Yeah. In the super, you know, we've, our, it's not a big secret. Our super program hasn't been up to par and, we, and we've been struggling and working. I mean, that car, I, I don't know, it just, whatever, Maybe just one of those cars that just never has worked since the day we built it. But, you know, Augie's resume speaks for itself. I mean, he's uh, he's won everything there is to win down here. He's a hell of a race car driver to this day. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's getting up there now. Everybody likes to refer to him as the old guy. You know, we're <laughs> racing against 14-year-old kids now, right? He is. You know, we're 46, 47 years old. We're the same age. And, um, right in the prime. Super. Right in the prime of your career. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, if you only knew but, back then what you know today, right? hundred percent. I mean, I just, just the pure exposure that we get down here from racing as often as we do. I mean, I, when I was driving my own stuff and I'm working on, I'm the crew chief and the driver. I just, I wish I had half the knowledge I have now that I, I had driving my own cars. I think we could have been a little more competitive. You know, I, we ran good at Peterborough, but touring around to the other tracks, you needed a lot of different, different setup stuff. So, uh, it's just, it's been an incredible learning curve and it's been, uh, been a lot of fun. So. Chris, uh, we'll see what talk about the, the the obviously we all see it from up here, and and you know everybody says the grass is always greener on the other side, right? If you look across <laughs> the fence, the grass is always greener. 
Uh, look at the motorsports world that uh, that you're in. Obviously, you're you're relatively close to North Carolina. You're relatively close to Southern Florida, right? You're you're in the hotbed yeah. of 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 late model racing. You're in the hotbed of dirt racing. There's there's everything uh, stone sure. throw away. But talk about uh, you know the things that you see up here versus the things that you see down there behind the scenes on the on the setup side on the working side on the crew inside um is is there a dramatic amount of difference or or is it just they get a lot more practice than us or what's the what's the deal uh down here is a lot more specialized so you know when we were racing at home and you guys can probably attest to this too you see you know like we're we we build our we we don't necessarily build our own motors but say i need to change my valve springs you know i can do that myself or if a transmission or rear end or everything down here we've got a guy for everything you know we've got an axle guy i've got a rear end guy we've got a drive shaft guy we've got a carburetor guy a motor guy a training guy you know like there's a, a specific company that specializes in so much stuff that you see guys that are doing this as a full-time job and that career is is uh able to be translated into being at the track more often because we can race year round like there's no off season here you know our, our first race will be we'll run the crown vic on january the 6th and then we're you know we're back straight back into it again at cordell with the late model stuff and it's uh it's never any downtime so you know where you guys have such a condensed season the the ability to be able to just simply try more stuff down here it it's it's so much more uh easily adapted to testing stuff you know because you have such a much longer season to be able to do that so you know every time you try something you only get 10 races at home to do it down here you get 50 60 if you wanted to travel that much no problem if if you had the budget for it but that's one of the other things you know is that a lot of guys just uh just the nature of life between us and canada there seems to be a lot more expendable income here that they're able to to put towards the racing thing you know some of these guys are are dealing with six and seven figure budgets anymore on on running a late model team which is awesome and sucks at the same time because yeah. it's, <laughs> it's hard to compete you know oh it's, yeah it uh, raises the bar when guys are spending oh, big yeah, glue yeah. and they got specialists for absolutely every part of that race car that's yeah. pretty tough to compete with but you sort of it touched is. on 2024 where are you going to surface crew chief by the sounds of it other than when you're racing your car uh, we're, we're, what big races uh, and who are you going to be with? Time will tell. I mean, uh, I still work, like I say, Augie and I are good friends, so I'm sure we'll work together, no doubt. Uh, Roger and Bobby like to to run the road course cars themselves. And then, uh, like you know, at the Snowflake, we had Jeb Burton with us. Uh, they're affiliated with Jordan Anderson Racing, so they they like to, to work with him. And, and Jeb is obviously a driver for Jordan Anderson, so that's how that deal all came together. Uh, you never know. We ran with Chase Spradlin in our car a little bit. Uh, it's, there's no telling who we might end up with there. But down here, a lot of it is 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 who you know, and not that it isn't up there too. But sure. the, the networking opportunities that exist down here, there's there's so many people, and you know, being able to to help somebody open doors just by a handshake or an introduction or something is is cool to me. Like Kyle, you know, and working with Pat Jett and Kyle or, you know, with him get the chance to work with Rhett Jones. I mean, that's awesome. Right. So these guys get that chance or trade and getting the opportunity to come down here. I mean, that, that's so cool. And, and just even be a tiny little part behind the scenes of being able to make some of those introductions or, or 
be a tiny little part of hopefully getting some more exposure for Canadian kids that have talent like them down here. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And uh, if I could do more of that, I'd love to. So maybe in 2024, we can, we can continue to open some doors for people if they've, they want to, or have the ability and it doesn't even have anything to do with me working on the car, but just sure. knowing the right people to hook them up with, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll and in networking, I can attest to that uh, down at PRI yeah. for three days, the amount of yeah, connections and networking that I did, uh, yeah. it was just amazing. And I got to sit with Jim Trado and uh, we, we talked racing for like a, a lot uh, throughout Isn't the course so of the cool? three you days. Know, like, just people that you you see or see on TV or talk to or, or yep. get the opportunity to, to just, they're just people too, right? You, you know, you sure walk up, you have a conversation about, about racing and, you know, it's like the ultimate equalizer where all of a sudden, you know, we've got common ground to just open a discussion and you can talk to guys from anywhere in the world about it. It's It's really cool. Yeah, well, it, Matt Hirschman, I, I'm in the pod, and Matt Hirschman come in, and I've been watching Matt races modified forever, and yeah. uh, he come in and sat down, and we did an interview, and I, I was, you know, like pinch me. Uh, that's big money, Matt. <laughs> uh, and when you talk yeah. speed weeks, look out, he's coming. And about sure. I don't know, two hours later, I'm out front of the Hoosier display, and there's his dad. So I started talking with him. It was just. Ooh. Iconic people, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of people that uh, are predominant in the sport, they were all yeah. there, and it's a good chance to get together. And I know sure. when guys are at the racetrack, uh, they're all focused in on what they're doing, and they're really dialed into it. They have to be. Um, there's not a, not a lot of time to sit around and shoot the guff. Uh, and yeah. it was kind of neat because they did have time yeah. this weekend. PRI is great for that. Like you said, you know, and Matt Hirschman, what a racer. Like, one of the coolest guys to watch. Like that guy, you, I mean, reminds me of like, I should say Brandon Watson reminded me of him, you know, like it's so cool. Like, you know, unflappable. Mm. They wouldn't, that Matt, you can beat and bang and beat on him and it doesn't bother him a bit. It's, what a racer he is. But guys like that are cool because they are racers and, and just the opportunity to meet those guys because they're around the racetracks. And, you know, now we're going to the tracks where those guys are at, you know, North Wilkesboro or at New Smyrna or get the opportunity to, to have a face-to-face -face conversation with those guys. And it just, uh, just presents a different opportunity than when you're in Ontario, you know, you get, you're watching them on TV and <laughs> they seem so far away, but you get down here and it's like, Hey, they're, there they are. Right? They're walk by, you know, go have a conversation. So, it's really neat. I got to during the rain delay at New Smyrna at uh, Five Flags. There, I got to chat with Ryan Priest for a while. I was talking with him and Brandon Ernest, and and just just a normal conversation. You know, like they they seem like untouchable or these superstars that are out there. And then you know, like we said earlier, they're they're just people too, and just have a normal conversation about what the weather's going to do, what his car has been like, you know, yeah. what their plans are. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it all goes back to the race car with Chris Mitchell. He used to be from up here. He's down in Alabama now, twisting wrenches, fixing dents. He does it all down there. Little crew chief and little driving. Uh, you going to bring that Crown Vic up north and let us see it? If they want to do some Crown Vic racing up there, I think we'd be better off just to build one up there. Too. <laughs> Instead of but, drawing uh, that one all the way up. What? It, like, how long did it take you to build it? I, this is a true story. I've got two guys that are... are Part owners in that car. It sounds crazy. I've got owners on a Crown Vic, but they're good friends of mine. They sponsor the car too, and they're heavily involved in it. Their wives are involved in it. The guys in the shop are involved in it. We built that car in five nights <laughs> in the shop. That's so five cool. nights and one full day. 
We, we put it together to run Montgomery and then it rained out. So we got it ready to run Pensacola. And then the rain out date for Montgomery is January 6th. And the first race at Mobile this year is going to be a, a Crown Vic road course race. They're oh. going to modify some walls there at Mobile and turn it into a, a Crown Vic road course, which will be a lot of fun. And then they added Crown Vics to the Rattler schedule as well at Op. So the first three big races of the year, we've got Crown Vics at all three of them. So how are you going to do that now? You're going to have to uh, like take the wedge out of it. You're going to have to do a bunch of change. And if you've got to go left and right, what are you going to do there, Chris? You're going to have to rebuild stuff underneath <laughs> Well, he well, didn't cheat it up. He didn't cheat it up. If you remember him saying, he built it right. to the rule book. To the rule book. He built it if to the rule he would have seen. If he would have seen it, then it would have been cheated up. Yeah, or yeah. not cheated up. It would have been ingenuity'd up. What I used to do, up. Chris, when <laughs> we had a bone stuck class at the beach, and yep. they were supposed to be no playing with the springs, no playing with nothing. It has That's to be bone to be. stock. <laughs> and out on the track they go. And you would get like three or four of them that would turn left a lot better than the rest of the field. So I thought, how am I going to remedy this? Uh, you, you look at a coil spring, and a coil spring is a coil spring, but they play with it. They heat it. They stretch it. They do this. They do that. So I said, yeah. ah, I got it. I know what I'm going to do. I got Tom McDonald down the road with his excavator. I said, Tom, can I get you come to the racetrack on Saturday night? Bring your excavator with you. And he said, sure, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to take those concrete blocks. We're going to block off the entrance and the exit. And we're going to turn the cars around, make them go the other way, make them turn the other way. And uh, I said, that should equalize the field. And we'll find out who was playing with what when we do that, because they should turn right as well as they turn left if you haven't touched it. And, uh, yeah. wow, did that cause some grief. I'll tell you what, the grandstands were loaded up. They really wanted to see who was doing what. And it was uh, made for some tremendous racing. I just wondered if you were going to have to go underneath there and change anything. I mean, those cars, uh, it, like Joe said, if you do it by the rules, they're supposed to be completely stocked with the stock springs, stock shocks, all that fun stuff. But they've got a Z-Link in the back or a Watts link in them. Uh, so they're they're actually I mean they're bad because they were so heavy, but they they're not that bad you know. Right now they're struggling to establish a minimum weight rule for them down here. There's no minimum weight rule right now, so right. that's where a lot of the big stuff is coming in, and you can program the computers and stuff like that. So ah, it's got a little bit carried computers. away there. <laughs> yeah, but they don't so mind much the weight stuff because it doesn't cost you anything to get cut weight out, right? Like right. Anybody right. of any skill level at any shop, you can start getting weight out of those things. So they've kind of let that go a little bit because it's not costing anybody any money. But uh, what did I they hope, got for I a hope. motor? Pardon, sir. What did they got for a motor? Uh, they're a four point six liter overhead cam motor. They're like two hundred and twenty six horsepower stock. They're terrible, and the car weighs like forty two hundred pounds stock. Oh. <laughs> so I, I got mine down with the interior and everything. I did. I got down to like thirty six hundred, and I was I was almost five hundred pounds heavier than the guy that won the race. <laughs> so when it doesn't run right, you can call it the SS septic tank. Oh, absolutely, yeah, 100%. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Chris, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. You ready for Christmas? Yeah, we're working on it. Uh, we've got a brand-new puppy down here in our family, so uh, we're busy with that. That's going to be our Christmas present for each other this year. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Well, it sounds like you're doing well, and uh, you're getting some stuff happening. Do us a favor. Say hi to Augie. For all of us up here, we know Augie, and uh, we've had him on the show before. Please do us a favor, say hello to him, 
and we'll definitely keep our eyes glued on what's happening down your way, and we'll get you back on here. Go win a Crown Vic race, and we got lots of stuff to party about. I'll be working on it. Uh, believe me, I want to win one badge for the guys, too. And we, <laughs> we'll see what we can come up with. But uh, don't hesitate to reach out anytime, guys. I'm happy to answer any questions. Or if you ever want to talk about any hot topics, just let me know. And uh, hopefully we'll get a Victor Lane photo for you one of these days soon. You got to love it. Chris Mitchell, always a great guest. And uh, you have a good one. Have happy holidays. And we'll see you Thank on you. the other side. All right, sir. Merry Christmas. You Thank betcha. Chris. Chris Mitchell. Uh, great to catch up with him. Oh, man, he was, he's a talented guy. He, he always had a beautiful race car. Always. He always, always had an immaculate always. race car. You can say that about him. Uh, you know, that Dent Dynamics Earl Ireland car, it was always a gorgeous-looking race car. And, uh, you know, it... Uh, and not just the looker. Not just the looker. The thing he, would go. He, he was really good over at Peterborough and and, uh, and Kawartha, you know, and, and uh, under those rules packages, he was, uh, he was definitely sporty and... Uh, the guy, uh, it, it's cool to see. He's one of those guys that, you know, made that transition down, um, you know, to behind the scenes and, and twisting wrenches and and, uh, and opening doors and, and all that good stuff. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of Canadians involved in motorsports down sure south and, and really all over the world. And, and uh, Chris is one of those guys, and, and uh, hats off to him. He's, he's working with a bunch of great people, <laughs> and uh, um, it'll be uh, – It'll be interesting to see what 2024 brings. I want to talk to you a bit about the Hoosier Hero program. If you don't know what it is, it was a national program that Hoosier Tire launched across the short track and motorsports industry, not just short track. They expanded it out. And the the reach, uh, talking to the organizers and, of course, talking to York, the president of Hoosier Tire, it was actually his idea to launch this program. Uh, he wanted to give back, and he wanted to cast light on rising talent, and he wanted to uh, uh, pretty well show the world uh, in motorsports and uh, do, give some accolades and, and some uh, some stature to uh, sort of pay back the people for their efforts. And I've got to tell you, what a diverse crowd it was I kind of expected it to be um you know more dirt related short track asphalt related and when I was actually introduced to all the Hoosier heroes I was amazed I really was uh, uh it, people like Tracy Gadu uh she has got a Corvette Junior she also does some hill climb uh, but she's got a Corvette that does road racing and uh, what an amazing, talented lady. A lot of fun. I got an interview with her, as they did with all the heroes. And over time, you're going to hear them here on Race Time. And I kind of plan to visit them and get them on the program as the season unfolds, as they are a Hoosier hero. I want to try and track them and see how they do throughout the course of the year. But you have Road Race Hill Climb. Uh, you got a guy like uh, Garrett, uh, Garrett Keister. He is over on an ATV. Of course, Hoosier Tire makes ATV tires uh, for competition. And uh, Garrett, what a great, talented young guy. He's having a blast. And I was trying to do some, uh, I don't know, uh, some comparison to what he does. Uh, but uh, the only thing I could come up with was like ISOC. Ice soccer, CS race, snowcross. It's like a dirt race, 
that has jumps. Mm. So, and they're doing it with the four wheel ATV. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so uh, like amazing stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's uh, um, the Hoosier Tire gets into a little bit of everything, right? Dirt, dirt bike tires, they've got uh, drag racing tires and sprint car tires and dirt late model, dirt uh, sportsmen, uh, right down into go-karts and, and uh, everything to do with asphalt. And um, then as well, they, you know, a lot of people don't know they're affiliated with General Tire and, and uh, Continental as well, right? Yeah, so, well, Continental uh, owns Continental them. owns the, the brand Hoosier in, in general and... And, uh, but you know, when you look across that landscape, uh, that covers the gamut. If you're going to race it and it's got a motor on it, you can probably get a tire from, uh, from one of those three brands and, and, uh, not probably you can get a tire from one of those three brands. And, uh, but the, the Hoosier, the, the Hoosier hero program is so cool because over time it's going to grow and, and our, you know, our entire business model, our entire, you know, mission, if you will. Is to raise the the stature, raise the the visibility of of the drivers that are out there, mm-hmm. and you know programs like this allow that to happen, right? It's it's a reason to talk about that person. It's a reason to to yeah. spotlight that person, and and uh, uh, super cool program that Hoosiers got. It's uh, it you know I I equate it a lot to a, a larger uh, Alan Kowicki program, right? When you look at what the Alan oh, yeah. Kowicki program is. Um, Alan Quickie program and driver development. Um, the, the entire purpose with that is to raise the visibility and raise the awareness uh, around the, the contenders. So Maddie um, Gordon, cool. Maddie Gordon is going to drive a top fuel dragster this year, and her dad, of course, is a champion. Uh, you know, he, he like he's been there, done that, and now it's Maddie's turn. And uh, I caught up with them at the PRI show and had some interviews. Got a really good one with Maddie, and cool. you're going to enjoy it. Uh, it. But to see this young girl, and she's going to go drive a funny car, uh, I, I said to her dad, obviously, Maddie has got the talent or you wouldn't be putting her in a car. He said she has unbelievable talent. She's, he, he said she's still got lots to learn. Yeah. Of course, she's just stepping into it. And this year will be her first year in a funny car, uh, but what what an amazing young talent. Uh, we're going to get to all of them in due time, uh, and uh, I know you're going to enjoy it throughout the course of, uh, and we'll, we'll get to it probably before, well, maybe next weekend. Uh, met another specialist from Hoosier yesterday on my way out. Uh, you remember the Road to Indy series last year, Junior? Yep. They are on, uh, they're, they're going to be on Hoosier's Tire this year. Mm-hmm. And they're at Sebring. Bruce and Adam are both down at Sebring doing a test actually today. And we're going to get Bruce on the show next week to find out how that test goes. Those are the same guys that are coming into Toronto when the Indy comes up here. So uh, Bruce and those guys will be coming up. It'll be a nice interview to find out behind the scenes how the new tire is working out for that series I know we look forward to it, but we've got to throw it back to Toronto, get you up to date on some news and highlights from hour number one, and then Junior and I coming back for hour number two. And coming up on the other side, uh, J.P. Bergeron. He is going to be NASCAR Canada this year, and he is going to join us on the other side of the break, and uh, we look forward to it. i uh, got to find the top of the hour, and I have. Here we go. We'll be back with you all live tonight. 
on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, Channel 167. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Leaf Racewear. Fuel your passion and confidence at leafracewear.com. We're an essential part of any team. And by Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, Canada's biggest sports car racing weekends of the year. For tickets and details, get to CanadianTireMotorsportPark.com. When you think NASCAR, when you think NASCAR, think Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. This may be the most important thing that's ever happened. You're damn right, baby. The races. The Daytona 500 win. I love that we have playoff racing now. The talk shows. We'd love for you guys to participate as well. The unprecedented access. Well, I'm here at the red carpet with the fans. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Chastain did a video game move. Also streaming on the SXM app. I think they're happy down here. We're back with our number two of Race Time Radio. With the two Joes here on Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167. We're getting them talks. And welcome back, everyone, to Race Time Radio. And just like that, our number two begins all live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. It's Race Time Radio. I'm Joe Chisholm, along with Joe Chisholm Jr. right over there. Uh, Jr., I left you a copy. Uh, it was actually Bob that gave me these. Bob Sargent, right yeah. from ASA, gave us both a schedule and said, uh, don't miss a race, boys. Yeah. Don't miss a race. It's... Uh, if I'm allowed it's, in your country, I won't miss a race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta get that figured out. <laughs> They're gonna kick off at New Smyrna Speedway track. Both you and I love, um, and it wasn't too long ago that the K and N series was kicking off there. Now we're gonna see ASA kicking off there. Yeah, for sure. It's, That's uh, gonna be pretty wild. It's gonna be pretty cool. You know, uh, I, I remember having uh, you know a couple of people on from new Smyrna over the past couple of years. And, oh yeah. Um, you know, uh, from the, the management staff, Ryan, uh, to Ryan, Ryan Stevens, Stevens yep. and a bunch of them. And, and you know, the, they've had hundred lap super late model races. They've had 50 lap super late model races, same with pro. And, uh, uh, you know, they've, they've had a long K and N race in the middle of the week, uh, for a handful of years there. Um, uh, but, you know, for the longest time, uh, New Suburbia's never really had a super long race, right? Like a 250 or a 300 lap race. Um, you know, when you think about it, the Governor's Cup is a short race. Um, the uh, Red Eye 100, yeah, relatively. relatively they're short. all they're all crammed up. They're all they're all sh- shortened up races, you know. And uh, the Orange Blossom race down there, um, you know, the Memorial race, they're all they're all under 100 laps. So. Um, you know, these ASA Stars Tour races are longer races. Mm-hmm. Um, they're multiple sets of tires. Yep. Um, they are a distance race. I've wanted to see a distance super late model race at New Smyrna, like the Derby, like the Winchester 400, like the All-American 400 um, at New Smyrna. I think it's a perfect racetrack for it. Oh, um, and, and I think you're going to see one of the best short track races that you've ever seen if you add distance to a late model race. Now, I have not seen, I've looked at the schedule, 
I, I, I have not seen the distance of that uh, grand opener, but no. I believe it's a 200. I believe it's going to be a 200 lapper, um, which is 100 laps longer than all the other ones. Um, it's, there's going to be comers, there's going to be goers, and uh, it's going to be exciting. So um, what a great place to kick it off. Obviously, uh, uh, you know, the, the ASA Stars Tour schedule speaks for itself. Um, you know, they race at, at iconic racetracks like Hickory, Madison, uh, the Milwaukee Mile, uh, Anderson Speedway for the Redbud 300. Owasso Speedway, a Toledo for the Glass City 200, uh, and then as well you got the Winchester 400 and the All American 400. Um, talk about lumping all of the premier races, other than the yeah. snowball. Yeah, other lumping than. them together. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and putting on a, a clinic on on how to host big super late model races and 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 putting a carrot at the end. Right, yeah. there's a ton no. of money on the line. So oh, um, it's a great series. Um, I, I think you're going to see. Um, record car counts next year uh, in that series. You know, we've seen that that 35 to 40 car mark uh, for a majority of the ASA races last year. Right. Uh, I think you're going to see that again, if not more. And uh, at some of the big races, I wouldn't doubt that you see, you know, even even more than what we've seen over the past couple of years because you know of that. Our next guest, one of these races would fit him like a glove, but he's doing really good in NASCAR Canada as well. And we don't want to lose him from here, but I know he would love to jump into one of these babies at the drop of a hat. But what do you say we get back to our Zoom line and let's welcome in, uh, how about J.P. Bergeron? We got him. What's going on tonight there, J.P.? How are you? Oh, I'm very good. How about you, Joe? Fantastic, my friend. Hey, not a bad 2023. Uh, what did you think overall? Did you like it? Uh, I would say I kind of liked it. Uh, I was expecting a bit more uh, from myself, uh, from the team maybe a bit, but a bit more from myself, I would say. Uh, I think uh, I prepared myself good enough uh, within the off season. I mean, I think I've got a bit of smack in the face in the first season in the Pindy series. I was not expecting that level of, you know, uh, aggressiveness for drivers and competition, you know, overall. Uh, but, I mean, 2023 was uh, summed up by a lot of different experience by us. I mean, we had mechanical issues. We've got weird uh, on-track encounters at some places and I also burnt my foot, which uh, kind of, wow. uh, you know, we made us go wrong a couple of races out west and then they kind of, you know, messed up the rest of our season with uh, the fact that I was not performing to my, my best having my, my burn in my foot. Yeah, and how is it healing up? Burns take a long time. And, uh, JP, that's always going to be a sensitive kind of spot now. Uh, you're really going to have to be careful, I guess. You'll have to tell the crew, make sure my foot stays nice and cool. Build me extra protection there. And uh, I would definitely be doing that because I got frostbite one time on my neck out on a snowmobile, minus 30 out, and I had low windshield one of those racing windshields, right? As if I'm going to really need it. And the wind was coming up the hood and hit me right here. And it froze my neck in about a half a mile of riding. We stopped and it went like this. And JP, I could not feel my neck. I freaked right out. It felt like I was touching somebody, somebody else's neck. And, yeah, uh, I had the same with my foot, actually. Oh, I mean, yeah. uh, that's why I, I, I finished the race where it burned was actually in Edmonton, uh, I uh, went mid-July, and uh, for half of the race, I mean, I, I kind of felt the heat coming up, and then it stopped. 
Yeah. I mean, it was so high that it stopped. And then it was after the race, like probably like an hour after when I, you know, removed my shoe and everything. I was like, oh, that's why I couldn't feel my foot anymore. Mm. <laughs> Incredible. Dangerous stuff. But has it healed up and how does it feel now? Uh, it's, it, I, I think I would say it kind of healed up, uh, maybe not perfectly, but I mean, it's, uh, I would say 95% healed. So, uh, we're on the way. I mean, people say these, these burns take up to two years until they're, they, they don't show anymore. So it'll be a while, but it's not affecting my daily life anymore. I mean, uh, I spent my summer in flip-flops that people saw me walking around the pits without any shoes and with bandage across my foot. And I was actually the guy sitting in the race car after that. But I mean, we, we did put a lot of precaution, you know, and made sure everything was, uh, was perfect and isolated heat wise uh on the car and on you know i i didn't have those booties before that we put on the heel uh i i kind of say i I learned my lesson and now i do have those (laughs) oh yeah and deflectors built in and uh you don't realize the heat that can come up in there and sometimes it's just the day you're coming down a certain spot on the racetrack the wind is blowing and it's coming right underneath taking the heat of the headers and putting it right to the foot box and bam, if your foot's leaning against it, it's going to get roasted. But uh, you had some very good successes when you had successes. They looked fantastic. And I thought, J.P. Bergeron's going to win one of these races real, real soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's the goal, of course. I mean, when you get in Canada's uh, top series, you always want to win. You want to prove yourself. Uh, I mean, it's been a dream to get up there. Uh, like I said, it's been a smack getting up there. I mean, I had to kind of relearn it's weird when you, you you know you're used to running up front then you get up there and first season you you run like a back marker you're like oh i was not expecting to be a back marker one of these days but it happened the first season i feel like this year we were not uh we we did have a lot of speed at some racetracks uh i would say probably uh delaware the last oval was was one place where we just got bad luck but i think we had a podium finish there in the books for sure if we didn't have that uh Restart hit. Uh, Oshwig in the dirt race is another big one where we got dumped both nights. I had to come from the back both nights. And second night, we got dumped a bit earlier. So we were able to salvage a better finish, which uh, brought us uh, home fourth, uh, almost in the podium. Probably with two laps uh, more racing, I would have won the podium. But it is what it is. The race was 100 laps, and that's where we ended up. But I feel like we, we had some, some pretty good pace. Uh, road course also was something I was not expecting of getting good speed. And uh, Mossport, Icar, uh, Toronto, of course, we had a good good showing there also. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, I think we're I'm getting my bearings in these race cars. Uh, I just hope we can do it again uh, next year. But we're definitely uh, on the right track. And you come out of the short track racing field. You're used to a late model, which is a lot more nimble, a lot more responsive. Uh, not to say that the NASCAR Canada car isn't all of that, but they are completely different race cars. Well, you can say that. Takes, they're not. They're you know, not nimble at well, all. Takes, they're a taxi cab. It takes time to get used <laughs> to it. And then I don't know what the transition to be like if you said, oh, okay, I'm going to go run a 250 here or whatever in a pro or a super late model. Uh, I imagine after you're used to a NASCAR Canada car, it may be... Uh, the, the same sort of process going back, even though you learned on the other stuff. Uh, do you get any opportunity or much opportunity to climb aboard a late model these days, or do you concentrate on that NASCAR Canada car? Well, I do try and concentrate a bit more on, on NASCAR Canada's car. I, I got to learn to say NASCAR Canada instead of Pinties. It's going to take a while to get used to it. A bit like Canadian Tires a few years ago. Yep, yeah. I still, but, every uh, now and then, a Canadian Tire pops out of me. But that's okay. That's part of our history. 
Yeah, you know for sure. But uh, I, mean, I still uh, own well, not myself personally, but uh, my dad and uh, Martin, which are co-owners of Prolon Racing. We still own a late model, an ACT late model. So we still have this car. We ran it once last year. Well, actually, three times, but only once within the the NASCAR Canada season. Right. Uh, and it was it was a challenge to get back into you know racing with some other guys I used to be racing with. And just learning my car all over again. I remember telling my spotter, like, in practice, it doesn't even feel like it's my car, even <laughs> though I have, like, 50 starts in that car. Right. It's so weird just getting back. It's, you know, late model. It's your hard on entry. You, you know, you barely roll. You really are back to the throttle really soon. As with the NASCAR Canada's car, it's like driving a taxi cab, you know, like, like we yeah. said earlier. We, we get in the corner. It's, you got to wait, you got to wait. Even though we have high horsepower, it seems like it's a high-performing car, but it's not. It just goes fast and straight, but down the corners, it's really hard to make the corner, and that's where, uh, you know, people that learn to do it good are really, really fast, but it takes it takes a while to learn the right technique. It's definitely not something uh, any short-track racer is used to. JP, uh, you do a great job, uh, uh, you know, with your with your marketing and, and, and you know, uh, with with raising awareness for your racing program and your partners and all of that stuff um we see you now being here in ontario we don't um necessarily see all of the um the quebec um uh you know uh, coverage right rds does a great job in quebec they do a ton of of uh of you know uh spotlighting of the series uh, they do a ton of NASCAR coverage that uh, that Ontario doesn't, uh, or that unfortunately Ontario, you know, and the rest of in- English speaking Canada doesn't get um, from the TSN side. Um, but you uh, had a chance to uh, to sit in the in the the studio this year, uh, do a little bit of RDS commentating um, as well. You know, you're 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 a figurehead on on Festi Drag and um, all of that great stuff. Um, talk a little bit about, uh, obviously you, you're very in tune with the, the Quebec media coverage of, of NASCAR and of racing, but talk about, uh, you know, now being more of a national guy, um, and, and what you see, you know, uh, when you, when you leave that, that province of Quebec, um, what you see on the coverage side for, for the sport. Well, it is it is a challenge for us as Quebec racers when we, of course, when we travel outside of Quebec. Uh, I would say for a lot of the guys, that, I mean, not my issue because I work, uh, you know, in English and French, but most of the guys, you know, even crews are, you know, uh, not that comfortable in English sometimes, which makes it a challenge. And you'll get people, you know, in the pits, not just medias, but uh, fans, you know, not approaching necessarily racing because they're scared of maybe having language bearer, which in most cases there isn't, but they're scared of having it. I think it goes the same for uh, when, you, when you have some medias there that, you know, you'll be not necessarily Ontario because they know the driver, but you'll go out west and sometimes uh, the Quebec guys won't get necessarily an interview just because I, I guess the media guy's not sure and doesn't want to get into a situation where, you know, he, yeah. he gets in trouble and the interview jams up. So that's probably what what is different. I feel like TSN's when you an overall really good coverage. I just watched the uh, TSN year in review uh, earlier this afternoon uh, across Canada. I feel that I don't have anything to say about the coverage uh, wise. I mean, of course, uh, social media is a big thing. Uh, I think NASCAR has probably put a big bit more budget into this. I know uh, Caitlin and uh, Olivia are doing a great job with the NASCAR Pinty stuff, but they're having limited, you know, 
things that you can do. Uh, but we got to promote the series uh, a bit better than this, especially if we want to try and get the new generation in, in and, you know, get the, get the stands packed again. Uh, we don't have any issue in Quebec. I mean, as you guys saw, Valley Junction, uh, Three Rivers, Icar, uh, the stands are packed and they're pretty much sold out at some place. So uh, that's not an issue, but there's some other places like even Saskatoon this year, we didn't have that good of a turnout. And I feel like social media could be part of it and making sure that, uh, we make our name right there before we get there. I mean, even Newfoundland, we, we were talking people down the street that didn't even know they had a race. So it's that that's one part that uh, we've got to do a better job at it. Good point, JP. Good, good point. That's where I say live radio would come in just perfectly uh, on each and every race. Any fan that can't make it to the race that has to work or they got to cut the grass or whatever the honeydew list is, they can put earbuds in and still get the race live. And uh, I know I've been beating that drum forever, and I'll continue to. Tell me, uh, the schedule came out just a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to have the season finale for NASCAR Canada going to be in your backyard. It moves now to Quebec. Uh, were you pretty excited, I guess, to see that? And how close is that track? I'm not familiar with it. How close is it to your place? Is that one of your home tracks? Uh, it is technically, uh, I would say, my home track. Uh, well, my real home track is Icar, which is 20 minutes from my place. Uh, Montmagny is about four hours out, but uh, that's where I had success in late model. I have uh, in 20 starts, I have, uh, I think, six podiums there and two wins. Wow. Uh, so I think it's probably where I made my most of you know my stock car racing experience in Quebec. So really pumped of having it in Quebec uh, for the finale. And of course, uh, me on my side, my plans are not set yet for the, the season. I hope I can make it there. Uh, we'll, we'll work hard for sure, but it's definitely a, a nice uh, a nice touch of having finale in Quebec and having one more race also, because we were kind of short on, uh, on races the past few years. But now with uh, Alan Nebras coming to the plate and a few new Quebec teams that I that I hear and you know here and there we hear some 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 kind of whispering uh, in the pits. I would say now about new new Quebec race teams and it's got to change the change the look of the, the the series for the next year for sure. That was a nice way of putting it. Whispers they're they're actually Whispers, they're, yeah. they're actually like <laughs> like uh, on a microphone standing on top of a hill like they they're loud whispers, JP. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of rumors flying around. That's the best part about this time like up here in Canada. Yeah. Down south they have silly season, right? For the right. NASCAR Cup series and all that. Sure. Um it, they need to come up with a better name for it up here it's got to be like I think, crazy season i think or... jp just did we're gonna call it the whisper season <laughs> the whisper yeah yeah season. the yeah, whisper yeah. we're hearing yeah. whispers the loudest whispers of all time. i'm not gonna forget that jp <laughs> we're, we're gonna work on that and you're you're gonna get the uh, the accolade for coming up with the whisper uh tell me uh monomi is that how you say that racetrack name monomi Monami. Okay. Monami is my friend. I will. Yeah. <laughs> Monami is my friend. Monami is my friend. Yeah, okay. Hey, hey, Monami. I will blow that. I can guarantee it. Uh, tell me about that speedway. Tell me about that racetrack. What's it like? Uh, it's a bit smaller than a half mile. Uh, I would say two corners are really different about like any ovals, but uh, there's a big, a big bump outside of turn four, which makes it... Uh, really fun for racing because i mean you'll have some guys that are really good and one and two will make the center really great but if you're fighting for traction at that track you'll be good out of turn two but out of turn four you'll get passed by the outside or the inside just because of that big bump so it's hard to get a car dialed in perfectly i think the pinty's car uh will be fast there uh, they're decent straightaways so i mean in a late model we go about 
I think top speed was 165 kilometers an hour. So we'll probably hit about that with the Pinty's cars also. So it's one of the fast ovals we go to. Uh, of course, not as fast as Saskatoon, but, you know, faster than probably the same, same speed as we get at Delaware, I would say, even though it's a, a bit smaller, but just more banking overall. More banking. Yeah. That, and that's going to be cool. That helps hold you in. Uh, will you be able to get out there and test any or uh, I better ask you. What's the plan looking like for 2024? Is it, uh, you know, somewhat coming together? What's the whisper on that? Uh, there's there's big, big whispers. I would say on my end, it's uh, moving a lot. Uh, I don't know if I'll be back with, you know, the same team, maybe with a new one. Uh, I can't really confirm any of that. But uh, we're working towards uh, a full season. Uh, we hope we can make it uh, sponsor-wise. Uh, that's, the, that's the main issue. So we're working towards this. So either a part-time or a full schedule, that's, uh, we'll, we'll be back. We just don't know for how many races. But uh, that, that's what's in the plan for now. I can't really say much more because there's a lot on the table, but we're still negotiating. Well, and that's cool, too. NASCAR has done their part now and got you the schedule out so that you can viably work on it. All budgets are open right now. or I'd say the majority of budgets are open now for those new ideas and uh, supporting uh, NASCAR's done its job. I can remember a lot of years, JP, that schedule wasn't coming out until late February, March, April, as late as April. And it really puts the teams in a jam. At least this way, everything is way ahead or looks way ahead. And it gives you the opportunity to do the planning and maneuvering that you're going to do. And it could even increase the opportunity uh, that that you end up with where you want to be heading into a new season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with the Eastern and the Western trip, these are the you know always the unknowns every year. Uh, is it going to be a two weekend? Going to be the same weekend? Are we going to do a midweek race? We never know, and it changes a lot on budget for flights, hotel rooms. Uh, people who don't know, I mean, the race teams we got to book for everyone. We got to pay the flights, everything ahead of time. So when you get the schedule in February, well, you have some guys that really already had other stuff because no one does this full-time in the NASCAR Canada series. So you have people that are not available anymore for that weekend or that would have liked to. And also trying to get everyone lined up for the full season and getting the budget at the same time. Uh, it's that That's why we always need to schedule the sooner the better. Uh, before Christmas is always a, a great thing. I know everyone pushed NASCAR a lot and they delivered this year getting out the schedule earlier. So I got to ask you this question. I've asked the other guests. We're getting close to Christmas. You all ready for Christmas? And what do you want Santa Claus to bring you? Oh, boy, I would say uh, a full-time ride. <laughs> is, is that a good gift? I don't uh, that's, know that's if he can, for. can he fit uh, that into the bag, a full-time ride? He might be able to. If he can fit his fat butt down that little chimney right over there, <laughs> he can he can stuff that in a bag for sure. Sure he could. Absolutely. Sure he could. So a full-time ride for JP. That's what you're looking for for Santa. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking for, uh, trying to capitalize. Uh, you know, third year is always uh, kind of the breakout year from history in the NASCAR Canada Series, any driver. Of course, there have been a couple like Andrew Ranger, which stood out the first year. But most of the other drivers are have all stood out in the third year. And I think we had a strong finish of the season. So I uh, wouldn't want to waste that opportunity and trying really to get everything on the table and get really good finish uh, and maybe maybe a win or a few podiums uh, in, in that third year. That's for sure. So that's what's in the books. Uh, looking forward to it for sure. You can't be too hard on yourself either, JP. For the year you had, take a look over the fence and have a look at Andrew Ranger, a guy that uh, is a champion, multi-champion, multiple winner. He struggled last year, so maybe it had something to do with the water. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, ne we never know, but uh, I mean, I hope I never get that kind of a season. That was probably the worst luck I've ever seen in any race season so far. Uh, I mean, I think everyone agrees with that. Uh, <laughs> Andrew does, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, but uh, we never wish that to any driver because you don't have to sh you can't really showcase your talent when you have all sorts of bad luck and it's a different one every week. That team never figured out, you know. So that's a, it's a shame for the, the whole you know white motorsport crew. I know they they worked a lot, but they just got surprised every week. Yeah, they sure did. Well, uh, Bud, it, it's that time of the night, and uh, we, we got to thank you so much for the time. Uh, we really do appreciate it. I know you got a lot of fans out there that are tuned in and uh, are very excited to see how things come for you. They want to see you back on the racetrack on a full-time basis. And uh, do us a favor. When you get some breaking news, we are ready for you back here on Race Time Radio. And we'll definitely roll it out to all the listeners and viewers and get them the information they're all going to be wanting to know. Yeah, for sure. You'll 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 be noticed. Uh, we I appreciate you guys inviting me. Uh, when I got that text this morning, I was was more than happy to come and uh, discuss with you guys about uh, the next year's plans. Uh, you're always welcome to my schedule. So let me know when you want me live, and uh, uh, I'll make sure to be there. Uh, thank you for everyone for listening to us, and uh, I mean I hope you guys have a great rest of the night on Race Time Radio. You want to believe it. that's JP Bergeron, uh, an extremely good talent here in Canada. And he, I love his future. He needs a full-time ride. He's going to get it. I, there's no question really in my mind. If anybody deserves one, he does. And I don't think he has to worry about Santa coming down the chimney to do it. He'll learn it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, when you look at uh, the race fans, um, you know, you hear it all the time. We want, we want drivers with personality. He's got that it. guy's got it. Yeah, you know when you when you are at the racetrack, he's got uh, they they've always done a great job at hosting you know their their guests and 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 their their personnel and and you know their sponsors and all those all those groups of people. Um, but uh, the guy the guy is very professional in interviews. He's very professional on and off the racetrack. Uh, he puts on a, a great show for the fans. Um, he's he's always exciting. He's a, he's a hardcore racer. And uh, uh, JP uh, uh, definitely, uh, you know, did not have the year that he wanted last year, but he will rebound. You can guarantee that. Um, and he's a he's a diehard racer, man. He's he's gonna put his nose to the grindstone and go get it. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. And he brought a new term to the Race Time Radio stables: so. the whisper, the whispers. Oh, the whisper season. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna hit a quick break here on Race Time. We'll be back with lots more on the other side of the break. I think I got a spin an interview I got with uh, Mister Dreger of Arca. I think you'll really enjoy it. As a matter of fact, I know you will. It's going to be kind of different because we're not going to have any video to go with it. Uh, it'll be just us listening to it, but uh, it's well worth the listen, especially at this time of the year. Ron Dreger coming up on the other side of the break. Stay with us. Little Joe, this is John Force, NHRA Full Throttle Champion. I'm here with your dad, and he's making me more famous. So God bless him. Well, way up north where the air gets... You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, channel 167. Nothing connects like country music. I love country music. 
Dig in to Sirius XM's Country Universe. The next generation on the highway, Channel 56. I need something you. This millennium's hits on Y2 Country Channel 61. Or 80s and 90s Prime Country on Channel 58. Tap into these and more in the country category on the SXM app. Included with all trials and popular plans. What is Sirius XM NASCAR Radio? Tyler Reddy will go to Victory Lane at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You just won at Indy. Down here in Victory Lane, let me ask the fans. It's all. Joe Logano will set his sights on the championship. Uh, two times, baby. Things. He shoved him up the right track. Back up on the throttle as he heads to victory. <laughs> NASCAR. Oh, he loses it. He crashes. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Also streaming on the SXM app. Oh, hell yeah. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here there and everywhere doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward you stop by a napa auto parts store you can count on napa know-how tonight's race time radio is brought to you by napa auto parts stores new glasgow andy ganesh and port hawksbury nova scotia you can count on napa know-how ap race fuels the worldwide leader in race fuel technology drivers Start your engines! Welcome back to the track. Live on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM 167. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. That was a quickie break, now, wasn't it? Uh, Gotta thank Napa out in uh, Nova Scotia, Port Hawkesbury. Uh, Andy Ganesh, and don't forget about good old New Glasgow. Got to thank you, Todd Robertson, and absolutely everybody on the team. Your brother, Colin. Uh, Merry Christmas to all you guys out there, uh, and much continued success come 2024. It's going to be a big old season, I can guarantee that. I uh, also want to put it out to Randy from VP Race Fields and his pal, uh, John, I, the two of them. We're at the uh, Indianapolis airport yesterday as we're taking off, and uh, we're going to go out. I walked through security. Uh, it was directed to go down one way. Went through security, and uh, I'm walking my way through, thinking that I'm heading to the gate, and there's a ramp down and uh, a walkway up. So I'm just following the people, thinking that we're heading to the gate. And I walk back out, and I come right back out in the same food court that I had been in on the way in. And I went, hmm, that really looks the same. Of course, I've never been to the Indianapolis airport. And uh, I walk back out, and a guy says, hey, Joe. And I looked over, yeah, hey, how you doing? And it was Randy from VP Racefields, uh, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And you will not find a smarter fuel guy in all of Canada to lean on than Randy at VP Racing Fuels uh, here in Ontario. The guy is incredible. He's been a strong supporter of Race Time Radio since the beginning, Junior, since the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. He's been here since day one, right? He was one of the first sponsors of Race Time Radio. The and, first sponsor and, of uh, Race Time Radio. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with uh, with everything, uh, I've uh, I've dealt with Randy a couple of times with a couple of different questions with different motor packages and, uh, you know, what's, what's best in this situation, what's best in that. 
and uh yeah no randy's been uh he's been a, a great help with uh, uh on the on the racetrack and off the racetrack as well and and uh, uh he's even got you know there's a huge problem right now with small engines mm-hmm. and the ethanol content that you see in the pump you know um if you've got a motor that's running constantly uh like a pump or uh you know if you've got a business that's running small engines and you're having troubles with them uh vp racing fuels has got a wicked lineup for the small engine side yes, of things they do and uh you need it you, you do need, need it, it. And if you want the, the, the that unit to live Yep. It can't run on ethanol. No, it can't. And, and you need uh, the right fuel, and yeah, VP has it. Exactly. So it's generators, pumps, those those sorts of things. Um, you know, so it's not just limited to racing. No. Um, limited to uh, to performance, and and guys like Randy um, at uh, VP can uh, can look after your needs. So they sure can. Uh, what I'm going to do now, when I was at PRI in the Hoosier Tire Pod. And thanks to Hoosier Tire once again. Uh, I got a chance to interview a lot of predominant people in this sport. And Ron Dreger is definitely one of those guys. You may not know Ron, but he actually runs ARCA. And he was the guy that developed ARCA back in the day. And uh, he has continued it on. NASCAR bought ARCA like a bunch of years ago. And I kind of thought Ron was taking his foot off the gas, but he stayed and uh, he's as busy today as he was back then and doing a phenomenal job growing the series we all love. And I got a good sit-down interview, seven minutes long, and I got to play it for you. The content in it, to me, is extremely valuable, and I know race fans and competitors will both enjoy it. So I'm going to play it for you now, uh, and, and it's uh, sit back, relax. This is Ron Dreger just uh, a day ago. At the PRI show, here he is. Ron Dreger, ARCA, is with us. How you doing, Ron? Hi, Joe. Good to be with you. Glad glad to be here at the PRI show. A lot of energy here. Oh, there sure is. I don't know how you make it. You probably can't make it 10 feet without getting stopped. That's a good part of it. You know, it's it's the people in the business is, is what makes it work. So it's it's a great, it's almost, so, sort of a reunion. Yeah, it is, and it'll be once a year. This is my first trip to PRI. I can tell you it won't be my last. I absolutely have had a gas at this show. I won't have a voice left by the time we get back to Ontario, but that's a good thing as well. Ron, you have been responsible, really, for a lot of the talent that we see today in all forms of racing. A lot of them come through ARCA. That seems to be where they uh, make it from the Saturday night or the series level, if you will, across Canada, across the U.S., across everywhere. If you're going to try and make it in NASCAR, you're pretty well going to have to go through ARCA like absolutely 90% of the stars we see today. What's it been like when you look over the years and how much this sport has transformed? What's it been like, though? Because you're responsible for a lot of rising talent. Well, it's it's the platform, Joe. Um, and t- to put numbers to it, uh, if we look at the NASCAR National Series, uh, the Cup Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Craftsman Trucks, there are about 120 seats there. And 32 of those seats are filled by former Arkham Menard Series platform champions or rookies of the year. That means that Drivers who spent at least one full season chasing a championship are now full-time drivers in those three NASCAR National Series. So we're very proud of that. And, you know, the, 
the we started up my grandparents founded the company in 1953 mm-hmm. and almost immediately drivers who raced in arca looked to advance their careers into nascar as early as the 50s uh, we would have champions in ARCA who who went and raced in the NASCAR Cup Series. And it's been that way that entire time. Uh, we've tried to make it as relevant as we can. You know, we run 18 races in conjunction with the NASCAR National Series uh, across the platform, East, West, and ARCA Menard Series, to give drivers the opportunity not only to race on the same track, but to be in the same garage area and to be in the same media center and to, to cross paths with crew chiefs and with marketing folks and team owners. And we try to just provide that platform where uh, less experienced, less funded drivers can come to ARCA, be successful, get noticed, sort of network their way in, prove on the racetrack that they're capable, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and let it sort of run its course. Well, it's a big daunting task to go from a quarter or half-mile speedway and then you find yourself on a super speedway like Daytona International, there's only one real way. Uh, You can't just show up at NASCAR. I don't care how much money you got. You cannot show up at NASCAR and say, oh, okay, I'm going to buy a ride and I'm going to go drive at Daytona International Speedway. It don't work like that. You have to prove yourself. And uh, from my eyes, for the years I've been involved, uh, I've known Joe Wells since he was just a tech guy in ARCA, um, but uh, watching the progression, uh, a lot of guys get their license in ARCA to go on and do bigger and better things, and uh, it, sometimes it works out, and sometimes that's the proving ground, right? Guys think they're all the hot stuff until they get there, and they find out what it's like to go around there. Well, I think uh, a, a young driver like LeVar Scott, who invested four years at rev racing driving all kinds of of vehicles got the opportunity in february of 2022 to come to daytona Mm -hmm. and had earned the opportunity and for him to finish fourth in in his first race at daytona in the arkham menard series uh we we feel like that speaks to sort of what it takes anymore and uh you've got to hone your craft you got to be good at what you do uh, to set yourself up for the opportunity to be successful like that. Yeah, yeah. I think back, uh, Mario Goslin. You know Mario uh, quite well, and I was at Daytona one year, and I was uh, fortunate enough to get down into the Arca garage, and I'm milling around in there long before I ever had a radio show. I had the Speedway, and uh, I'm down there, and I'm looking at everything. I'm amazed. I still am today when I go into that garage area. And uh, i seen Mario. He's going out to qualify. It was qualifying day in Arca. He's out in the track. He's flying around. And I said to myself, if that guy qualifies, I'm going to approach him and see if I can get on his car. I haven't got a lot of money. I was just a little guy. Uh, but I'm going to see. i got to ask the question. Be damned if Mario didn't go out there and qualify 12th. He made it into the big show. There was like 65 cars there to qualify. I went up. Uh, I was standing at uh, Pit Road on the wall. And his brother, Jermaine, uh, was there waiting for Mario to come off the track. And I seen the logo on his shirt. And I thought, hey, he's connected. I'm going to ask him. I didn't know who he was. I just said, hey, I'm Joe Chisholm. I'm from Canada. I know Mario is too. 
can I, he had blank panels on the car. I said, I'd like to buy uh, some space on the hood of that car. Do you think we can pull it off? He said, come with me. Uh, we can make that happen. And sure enough, I had my logo on the hood of that race car. It was one of the most thrilling days of my life. Uh, when you fast forward into the ARCA 200, uh, away he went, and he led the race. I was leading with uh, 20 to go, and it was just, this was my dream. Can you imagine having your name in victory lane at Daytona? And uh, Mario was flying, doing a great job. And the, uh, the king himself, Bobby Gerhardt, took the air off his spoiler, and away Mario went. It was a hell of a ride, but he finished the race, and uh, we still talk and laugh about that race today. That's the kind of stuff. You don't even have to be a driver to understand ARCA and to be a part of it. It's so cool. Yeah, and Mario is a guy. He So he won uh, an Arkham Menard Series race at Charlotte. Yep. And he has now found a way to, to have a long career in the sport as a team owner in the Xfinity Series. Uh, so real, we're proud of, of everybody that comes through the series. And we're also proud of the people that race in our series who have chosen to, this is where I want to be. This is where I'm going to, this is my destination. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is my profession, and I'm going to be a career ARCA racer. So the names like Venturini and Hillenburg and Kimmel, uh, those, are, those are names that, that second, third generation families that are still racing with us. We're, we're proud of that, too. Yeah. I said to Isabel uh, earlier today, she's going to be in ARCA with Venturini, uh, going to go for her trip. And I said, are you ready to kiss the big Italian? Because that is a tradition <laughs> with Venturini. And she said, yeah, that would be okay. I can do that. It's a little easier for Isabel to do that than it is for a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Too much fun. Uh, enough past. Let's look at the future. What's coming down the pipe for 2024? Yeah, really pleased. We've, we've got all our schedules out now. So it's a 34-race platform at 31 different races. Uh 20 states and 18 conjunction races with the NASCAR National Series. Uh, the 20 race Arca Menard Series is really the it's the highest level of focus. 17 races on FS1, three on FS2, all of them live. Uh, the east and west races, east eight races, west 12 races. Those are all live on Flow Racing. And we really feel great about the the venues that we're racing at. So you've got really rich tradition. Uh, old school short paved tracks. You got the two mile dirt tracks in Illinois, the state fairgrounds at DuCoin and Springfield, and then you've got the greatest venues in stock car racing: Daytona, Talladega, Kansas, Michigan. Uh, so we're we're really really proud of where we go. And then you mix in. We give uh, the drivers who are approved drivers through our process, and, and you, as you mentioned, Joe Wells is the guy. He would look at a resume of, of LeVar Scott, and he would say, you're going to be approved to participate at age 17 at a mile paved track like the Milwaukee Mile or, or Phoenix Raceway and anything below that so that that driver can come and participate and could win a West Championship or an East Championship. Uh, and so we, we want to keep providing that platform. Great broadcast package that we have. We're really pleased with that. Uh, the conjunction races with NASCAR. So a lot of really cool things coming forward in 24. 
so much for taking your foot off the gas, my friend. <laughs> you still got your foot landed to the floor. That's why it says Arca on your shirt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think LaVar would agree. At Daytona, you better keep it planted to the floor. You'll get run over from behind. Uh, yeah, no lifting. I can guarantee that. Joe Wells, uh, back when I had the Speedway, he was really responsible. You couldn't just go by a whistler. Uh, you had to be somewhat approved. Uh, they didn't want to getting those things into the wrong hands. And uh, Joe got me on the list. And they were the first three whistlers to ever be in Canada. Uh, I got them. I got approved through Joe. And I got one for Cayuga Speedway. Kim Wallace owned it back then. And Steve Slaughter at Sunset Speedway. So I come back. I had three. I got to the border. And the guy said, what are these? I said, they're lunch pails. And he goes, yeah, lunch pails. I said, really expensive ones. So don't drop them. Uh, but that's how we got. Uh, so we do have ties. Uh, Ron, this has been great catching up with you. Uh, I can't tell you what it means to me personally to be with you and uh, have you on Race Time Radio. We talk about you all the time. So every now and then, if your ears are burning, you'll know that we've been uh, yicking and yakking about you. Well, we're we're still uh, you know we're still striving for our position in the sport. We we want to work really hard. We want to continue to provide opportunities for everyone in the sport, whether you're a marketing person or a spotter or a driver. Uh, if if our platform can can help you, uh, whether it's a destination for you or if it's a way for you to further your career, we like to do it. Uh, have a great affinity for our Canadian fans. Uh, guys like Tony Novotny and, and Joe Chisholm, and we a lot of great relationships across the border, so we, we appreciate what you do as well. Well, God bless you, Ron Dreger. Here is to a dynamite 2024 season. It's all going to kick off at Daytona. My yearly discussion with Joe Wells always takes place just ahead of that testing. What's that? January, right? Yeah, we'll be on the racetrack at Daytona January 12th and 13th for uh, practice. And then the race is Saturday, February 17th, the day before the Daytona 500. So much for now your holiday. Even that, you keep blowing up, buddy. Yeah, it just keeps happening. All good. Ron, thanks so much for the time on Race Time. Thank you, Joe. Good luck. Have a great season. I know we'll follow you all the way through. And the winners, you can count on the winners of any ARCA race to be live on Race Time Radio. Uh, we'll be back with you shortly on Race Time. Stay yeah. with us. Uh, and that was the discussion I had with Ron. You've met him before, haven't you, Junior? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, the Ron. year you and Andrew went down to qualify for the uh, Lucas All 200? Yep. Just come up a sliver short, and I mean a sliver. You couldn't get, uh, you couldn't miss the field by much less than you guys did. No, no, we were, uh, but it was, it was just, you know, making the field was huge back then. There was uh, oh, 60, so many cars. Sixty-four cars showed up that year, and and uh, uh, yeah, we were we were just off the mark. You know, it was uh, it learned a lot. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's you know the Arca series has went through such a transformation. Um, uh, you know, you think back to what it used to be, and and uh, you know, you and I talked about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, off the air. Um, you know, you used to. Literally buy an old cup car. Yep. Um, it could be it could be the winning cup car from Charlotte Motor Speedway. You know, you could bring it home, 
And I think back to watching old ARCA races, they they still had the same paint scheme on them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think back to seeing the Bell South car. Change with, the numbers change and the go. Number and, and go. the engine. And, and peel the decals off. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and, and thinking back to seeing the, the you know, tons of old cup schemes out on the racetrack with different numbers on them. Um, now, those weren't the winning guys, right? right the winning right. guys were bringing a car back to the shop and massaging it and, and making it their own. Uh, or getting a car built by Hess or one of them. But, um, you know, today the ARCA car and the K&N car are completely different. Sure. So Composite you're not, body you, and You're not the taking whole thing. anything from a cup car. Maybe parts and pieces from, from the Xfinity series. Might you know, be able to be save a little or, bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's really not much the same anymore. So um, they are their own standalone series. So it's taken a long time for them to build up. Um, you know, you, you see some of the East races – um, the costs are, are, are you know, relatively strong. They're, they're, it's an expensive series to run. But, um, you know, we're seeing that rebound. Yeah. And, and Look at the coverage the they series, got. The Super Series portion still. Um, you know, the East and the West um, are the, the beginner level of ARCA, and then the Super Series is the combination of both. Right. So, really, photocopy the old cast car model, um, and that's what you got. You got an East and a West, and you got the Super Series. You can run an East car in the Super Series. You can run a West car in the Super Series. So, um, really, a, a strong platform to grow, um, and uh, really a, a, a carbon copy of what the Cascar Series used to be back in the day. You know, yep. you used to have the the Sportsman Series that ran at Delaware and, and Quebec, um, and then you used to have the West Series that that ran at Castrol Raceway and and Vernon and a handful of racetracks out there. Um, and uh, then they would combine for a, a big national super series. And, um, uh, you know, when you look at some of those car counts, they're rebounding to 35, 40 cars uh, showing up for a majority of the super series races. So, um, And you're getting the experience to go truck racing or go Xfinity or, or, or That's what how you get in. Exactly, That's, yeah. For super speedway, if you're the right age and you got the talent, that's how you're going to get your license. I yep. hear Jingle Bells. Hi, it's Dave from Quickwick Firestarters. On behalf of everybody here at Quickwick, we'd like to wish Racetime Radio, all the viewers and fans, a very safe and happy holidays and a 2024 that's second to none. Stay safe and stay warm, and we'll see you at the track. See, that's Dave from Quickwick. Thanks, Dave. He's always popping in every now and then. Eh? Absolutely. Kind of nice to see Dave. Dave Lloyd, Quickwick Firestarters. If you're lighting a fire, Quickwick's the one. Uh, you look like a superstar. They'll wonder how you did it, and you're not blowing yourself up with fuel uh, trying to light a fire. We're going to hit a quick break. When we come back, we got more for you. Stay with us all live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. I'm John Roberts from Speed in the Hub. You're listening to Race Time Radio. We're heavy. From coast to coast, coast, you're listening to Canada Talks. Iconic Games. 43 points for Stephen Curry. The Golden State Warriors have recaptured home court. One of the best players in the league requesting a trade. The Suns and the Heat are among the two teams Durant has on his wish list. And saying goodbye to one of the greatest players that ever lived. The passing of NBA legend Bill Russell today at the age of 88. If you missed our top 10 NBA stories of 2022 with Frank Isola and Mitch Lawrence, hear it anytime with the SXM app. Just search NBA Radio. Amen. 
Explore the musical world of an American rock and roll troubadour on his very own channel. Tom Petty Radio. All of Tom's music, influences, collaborations. This is Tom Petty here on The Very Treasure Show. Heartbreakers hosted shows. Check out my show, The Breakdown with Mike Campbell. And more. Breakdown's alright. It's Tom Petty Radio. Channel 31. It's alright. And in the SXM app, included with all trials and popular plans. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track. Making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your quick, quick fire starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick, quick fire starters. No harmful chemicals and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick, quick fire starters. The world's best fire starter. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, Nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts stores, Fort Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, and Indiganish, Nova Scotia. If you're looking for miles per gallon, you're definitely at the wrong place. Maybe a few channels up or a few channels down, you'll find it. But this is Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167. Canada Talks. And now, back with your host, Joe Chisholm. And welcome back, everyone, to Race Time Radio. As mentioned, live on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. And hello to absolutely everyone tuned in on Rev TV Canada. Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, you can get Race Time Radio on Rev this week and, of course, next week. And then that's going to do it for 2023. We're going to take a quick break for two weeks. Christmas, New Year's. We'll be taking in the World Junior Hockey. I can guarantee that. I absolutely love that tournament. Probably the only hockey I watch all year long. But uh, we'll be doing that and having some good old family and fun right around the holidays. And then we come back January 7th, all live, right here on Channel 167 Canada Talks. And if you're looking for Christmas gift ideas, how about a SiriusXM subscription? Or you can even pick up someone a Rev TV subscription. Uh, it's inexpensive, uh, cheap for what you're getting. And uh, I think that'll be a gift that keeps giving all season long. Um, it, it's something that you, uh, a race fan should have, uh, and it's available. So check it out. Junior, what do you got for news over there? Ah, uh, some really cool news, actually. And and this one kind of it strikes close to home a little bit. Oh. Uh, I, uh, a, a good friend of mine, Andy Ford, mm-hmm. uh, he and Willie Rines put a deal together to go down and run the Frank Kimmel Nationals back in the day. I, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was my first time ever spotting on a one-mile racetrack. That was at Rockingham. Right. And I thought that that was the coolest damn series <laughs> that was ever invented in, in short track motor racing. 
for a short try. They ran those, those Frank charts? Kimmel Nationals at yep. Bristol. They ran them at, at Rockingham. They ran them at Kentucky and Nashville Super Speedway. There was plans to run them at Charlotte. Um, I know they ran at Rockingham, I believe, four times. Yep. And, and it might be three times, but but I believe four um, I, I know they did a New Year's special there. And they're like um, 1985 Monte well, it's a Carlo super stock. base. Yeah, absolutely. Super stock. It's a metric car. Yeah. Uh, well, there's there's metric cars, and, and they're, they're a street stock, right? Car. So yep. um, there was there was Chevelles, there was Novas, there was uh, um, Camaros, obviously. Um, and then there was metric cars like uh, like Monte Carlo SSs. That's kind right. of the, the, uh, the, the, the staple, if you will, out there. Um, but, uh, really cool division. Yep. This year at PRI, they announced that the CRA series is, um, basically putting together a program to do that very thing again and bringing it back. Um, you know, you think back to guys like Chuck Barnes and you think back to, uh, Frankie Kimmel and, uh, just a bunch of, of, uh, of, you know, hard nosed, uh, John Beach, another one. Yep. Um, just a, a bunch of great names in, in street stock racing down south. Um, one of our Canadians is doing a bucket list tour. Uh, Connor James. Really? Picked up a car. It's a beautiful looking race car. Number 16. Um, yep. I will, I'll send a picture, um, uh, over to, uh, to the producer here, to mom, and, uh, she can post a photo of it, but, uh, um, really cool news for Connor James. Going to do a bucket list tour. Um, I don't have the full schedule in front of me. That's okay. Um, we will get, but, uh, I know for a fact. We'll get Connor on the show. Yeah. That's what we'll end up so doing. He's, he's looking at doing, uh, six to 10 races throughout the year. Right. A bucket list tour. Um, and they're going to kick off the season at Bristol. Yeah. So, um, uh, it's going to be really cool. Uh, I know Connor, uh, you know, he's, he's cut his teeth and everything up here and better have, and sportsmen and everything better else. have a couple of them lined up because hey. I'll tell you, you wreck at Bristol or any of those tracks, you just may need another car because they're flying at those places. I couldn't believe it at Rockingham watching Andy and, uh, Willie go, uh, Willie was the 87. Yep. And that it was like you say, Junior. It blew my mind watching these guys. 135 miles an hour. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And the, the in front a street guys, stock. There I was, couldn't there, believe it. There was four guys that were like lights out fast, and and Chuck Barnes Senior was was one of them, and and Frankie Kimmel was the other one. Um, so really, there was two that were incredibly fast, and I believe their average speed around Rockingham for qualifying was 162 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was some cars out there that looked like their bodies were going to take off. Well, it, uh, I believe they started, uh, when we were there, they started 75 cars. That's 70, close. 70 cars. It was a um, a, a real full field, but we, on that yeah, track, we, it all fit. We qualified uh, 24th, I believe, um, with Andy Ford with the 93. He did a couple of tours. He did Top Bristol. 10 run, too, wasn't it? Uh, no, no. Oh, we, I thought it we was. ended up... Uh, uh, he he had a, a decent run. I think he finished like twenty second at Bristol. Um, no, I'm talking we about Rock, Rockingham. When, when Willie was, Willie was tough. Willie five. was yeah. He was he was right up there. Yeah. Uh, but we ended up slinging a rod um, with like thirty five to go. That'll happen 35. when you're twisting yeah. it like that. Yeah. That same weekend, the late models rode on that track. And UARA see, late models. Yeah. See Rockingham. It's incredible. Yeah. And uh, Bassett was behind the wheel. I remember Ronnie Bassett, um, it, Corey, Corey, um, Corey LaJoy 
uh, Magic Shoes. We had Ben him. Rhodes was out there. Ben, yeah, Ben Benny Rhodes, Rhodes was in. Uh, was in and uh, watching Mark those cars on that racetrack uh, and seeing the body flexing on the cars, and they were built to run on that racetrack. Uh, and listen, and speaking with Corey, he ended up winning the race, and we had him in the media center for not just uh, you know a, a question answer. We had him in there for quite a while. That was same weekend. Jeb Burton. You said uh, it wrong. Jeb Burton. Jeb Burton. Jeb Burton. Well, that was a weekend that Jeb <laughs> made his start in the truck series. Yeah. Uh, because the trucks were back. So yep. uh, it was a dynamite weekend. It was, but that's... It, those UARA late models, they were no joke. Because oh, they, no. It wasn't a crate late model. No. And it wasn't a super late model. No. They were kind of a cross between both, right? They had They had a built engine in them. Um, they kicked about 550 horsepower, and uh, they were on a a, a, a coilover setup, um, yeah. but uh, uh, really unique car um, and and fast. My God, yeah, they were uh, they were well, they were a second faster than the trucks at uh, at Rockingham. They were year. off the chart, but uh, we got to roll, buddy. Throttle. We got to go. We only got 15 seconds left, and I got to fit in there. Thanks to Sue here in the Race Time Radio Studio for getting everything put together. I was late, like, uh, getting home from PRI, so we didn't have a lot of time to prep the show, but we definitely have to thank our guests that come on tonight. And next week will be our final show of 2023. You don't want to miss it. i got some real big plans to unveil for you, and uh, we'll take a look uh, into 2024. But we're going to finish off 2023 in style here on Race Time Radio. But that's going to do it for Junior and I tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a safe week, everybody. And we'll catch you next Sunday or Tuesday on Rev TV, Sunday on Sirius XM, all live at 5. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent.